In today's episode, we are going to talk about the mind, and I'm going to share with you the two illustrations to help you understand the power and the purpose of your mind. We will also deal with the subject of discouragement, and I will share the three questions that I ask myself anytime I go through a challenging circumstance. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Welcome to the Better Men Podcast with your host, Justin Kane. Fellas, welcome to episode number three. Honestly, I am enjoying creating this content and I love hearing all the feedback from the men who are listening to this podcast. So thank you for joining me on this journey. This is a podcast for men who want to become better men. I take my time to craft content that would be helpful to you as a man and also give you the tools that I personally use to grow as a man. If we aren't growing, it's because we aren't doing the hard work. The number one tenet that I live my life by is do the hard work on myself. And why is this? Because you ultimately be attract who you become. You become a better man and you will attract better things into your world. There is no time for champion men to make excuses and place blame. If you don't like where you are in life, you can change it by growing yourself. We can't complain, fellas, about what we tolerate in our own world. If you don't like a specific area of your life, the good news is you can change it with desire, hard work, and focus. As I mentioned in episode number one and number two, we talked about the four areas that we men are responsible for. And of course, there's more, but these are foundational. And if you haven't been with us, let me just do a quick recap of the four responsibilities of manhood. First, we are responsible for the condition of our heart. Fellas, if your heart is not right, you are not well. If your heart is filled with hurt, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, envy, jealousy, and other negative emotions, you need to take a moment and immediately apply step number one of taking back your manhood, which is this, you have to get on the scale. What that means is you have to get brutally honest with yourself. Let go of the excuses, stop placing blame, and look at the scale and see what the number says figuratively. And then ask yourself this process or this uh, um, practice of the five whys. Why am I bitter? Why am I angry? Why am I envious? Why am I jealous? Whatever it is, fill in the blank. Why am I fill in the blank? And then after you have your answer, ask why again. And then you have another answer, ask why again and do this five times in a row. Get down to the root so that you can deal with what you're dealing with. And then, and only then, can you cultivate a heart that is soft, that is free, and one that is whole. So please listen to episode number one again regarding the heart uh, to be reminded on how to break up the follow ground of your heart so that it can be soft toward God and toward men. The second responsibility is the management of our mind. Your mind is like a garden. But it's also like having possession of a fighter jet. Your mind requires seed like a garden does, but it also requires fuel like a jet does. It requires seed to produce and it requires fuel to dream. 
thoughts are seeds, but imagination and desire is the fuel. Did you catch that? And I'm going to talk more about that later on in this episode. But the third responsibility is the investment of our time. We only get 24 hours every single day. You invest your time well, and your future will thank you for it. If you invest your time poorly, you will experience regret later down the road. And the fourth responsibility is the pursuit of our relationship with God, our creator. No one can seek God for you. It's on you to run your race and to fight the good fight of faith. But today I think it's appropriate to touch on the second responsibility, the management of our mind. Also, if you haven't seen it yet, me and my good friend Danny Ronberg are hosting an online workshop on October 20th at 7 p.m. Central. It's called Developing a Winning Mindset. So please check it out, and I hope that you would register. And uh, the good news is it is completely free. Uh, what I'm about to say is so important, but it's easy. Let me say that again. It's easy to overlook. In fact, for a lengthy season of my life, I overlooked this simple truth, and it cost me greatly. You become what you think about the most. Thoughts matter, fellas. A series of same thoughts consecutively matter even more. And beyond that, consecutive thoughts that is mixed with faith and mixed with desire matter even more. And that is why we are responsible for what we plant and what we allow to be planted in the garden of our mind. Soil doesn't care what type of seed is planted. It will always produce after its own kind. Fellas, what are you planting in your mind? I mean intentionally. And to be honest, most men listening to this are not intentional about what they plant in their mind. In fact, they don't even know how to be intentional about it. They're simply living their life and responding to whatever comes their way and whatever thoughts come through their mind. They're not filling their minds with knowledge and inspiration or directing it with goals and vision for a better tomorrow. They end up filling it with entertainment, self-limiting thoughts, and aimlessness. And this is where I missed it, fellas. I stopped managing my mind daily and did it cost me greatly. I don't live in regret, but I understand it cost me because I, I neglected for a season of my life to manage my mind. As a result, I lost my drive, I lost direction, I lost passion, and I lost part of my life. I wasted time. We were not created to exist through this life. Men are not robots. You're not a robot. A man who goes to work, takes care of the family, veg out on TV, and then repeat it the next day. No, absolutely not. Men are meant to experience passion, adventure, struggle, vision, achievement, and purpose. That is the fuel that our minds need. Thoughts are seeds, but imagination, desire, dreaming, passion, vision are the fuel our mind needs to operate at full capacity. I couldn't figure out why I lost my drive until I realized over a period of time, I stopped fueling my mind. And once my mind ran out of gas, it no longer served me. Just think about it. If you stopped fueling your car in due time, that car will no longer serve you. 
In fact, it's going to cost you a greater amount to get it towed than it would have been to fuel it up. So what dominates your mind? What is dominating your thinking? Is it possibilities or more excuses? Is it a victim thinking, woe is me, or carpe diem type thoughts, seize the day? Is it, man, I don't like my job, I don't like my life type thoughts, or is it I choose today that this is going to be a great day type thinking? Remember, it's not just what you are thinking, but adopting a way of thinking, a lifestyle of thinking. The battle of life is for your mind, and the battle of your mind is for focus. Whatever your mind gives attention to, that's what you become. When I lost my drive, I didn't get it back because I prayed for it, although I'm a praying man. The drive came back because I focused my mind with intention. The action of doing so birthed desire, and any desire that is mixed with faith lights a man up. It's like a switch was turned on in on side, inside of me. And this is why we are responsible for the management of our mind. You must give attention to it. You must protect it. You must realize that it can destroy you or it can grow and strengthen you. So it is important that you renew and that you train your mind. If you can learn, fellas, to manage your mind, you can change your life. And as a result, you can change who you become. Now, I want to close this episode with a fable and a principle and another illustration. So it's not going to be a quick close, but I am finishing off with these statements. The fable is called The Devil's Wedge, by, uh, shared by Earl Nightingale. Are you familiar with the fable about the devil's sale? I share it because I believe it will shed light on an important struggle that many of us men battle with. And like most fables, it contains a, a good lesson or a moral that is certainly worth thinking about as a man. The story goes like this, that Satan was uh, having a garage sale of all of his weapons. Some things that he was selling was the blade of jealousy, the dagger of fear, the knife of temptation, and the gun of hatred, each with its own high price. But standing alone on a red pedestal gleaming in the light was a worn and battered wedge. This was the devil's most prized possession. For with it alone, he could stay in business and this particular weapon was not for sale. It was his and his alone. You know what the weapon was? It was the weapon of discouragement. The devil prizes the weapon of discouragement above all else because of its ability to destroy men's lives. Hatred, fear, temptation, or jealousy, they certainly may lead an immature man to act unwisely, to fight, to run, or grab, but at least that man is acting and he's doing something. But discouragement, on the other hand, it harms more than any of these weapons because it causes you to sit down, wallow in self-pity, and do nothing. I found myself aimless because I lacked drive. Why? Because I dealt with this discouragement. And this doesn't have to happen, but unfortunately, so many of us men experience it. I did as well. Discouragement stole my drive from me. 
And it starts, listen to this, this is how it starts. It starts with a disappointment, a circumstantial, something external of you happens that's disappointing. And then over time, those disappointments, if allowed, will then germinate into discouragement, which is now internal. And discouragement will ultimately lead to despair, loss of hope, loss of drive, and a depressed state of mind. And sadly, I can't imagine how many men are existing through life in the place of discouragement or despair. Now, discouragement is a form of self-pity. Now, once you realize that, it allows you to begin to take stock of yourself and your predicament and decide to act, to do something that would take you out of the unpleasant situation that you're in and to change your way of thinking. So what's the answer to discouragement? Number one, don't stop to wallow in pity. It's okay to share your story, but make sure you share it with someone who has the wisdom and the tools to build you up and appoint you in the right direction. There can be no commiserating when battling through discouragement. It will take you down to the place of despair. Number two, humbly adopt the lesson of an old Chinese parable. And it goes like this. A farmer and his son had a beloved stallion who helped the family earn a living. One day the horse ran away and their neighbors exclaimed, your horse ran away. What terrible luck that you're facing. And the farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. A few days later, the horse returned home, leading a few wild mares, mares back to the farm as well. The neighbors shouted, your horse has returned and brought several, several horses with him. What great luck you're experiencing. The farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break one of the mares, and she threw him to the ground, breaking the son's leg. The villagers cried, your son broke his leg. What terrible luck. The farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. A few weeks later, soldiers from a national army marched through the town, recruiting all the able-bodied boys for the army. They did not take the farmer's sons because he was still recovering from his injury. The friend shouted, your boy is spared. What tremendous luck. To which the farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. The moral of the story is, of course, that no event in and of itself can truly be judged as good or bad, lucky or unlucky, fortunate or unfortunate, but that only time will tell the whole story. And additionally, no one really lives long enough to find out the whole story. So it can be considered a great waste of time to judge what you're going through as a misfortune or to invest tons of energy into things that look outstanding on the surface, but may not pay off in the end. And the third step is redefine how you measure good days and bad days. Maybe so, maybe not, we'll see. No one likes to go through hard times. No one likes to go through dry spells in their life or setbacks that they face. But most often those challenging moments get us to look at ourselves and find out what we're doing wrong, why we're stuck, and what is the best possible way to turn things around inside of our lives. 
Emerson said it like this. He said, when a man is pushed, tormented, or defeated, he has a chance, an opportunity to learn something. Uh, discouragement very often comes on the heels of crisis. Discouragement, which comes to all of us sooner or later, honestly, is a test. It's a test of our manhood. It's a test of our resolve. It's a test of our willpower. And those who refuse to yield to that test, they are the ones that win in life. And that's why you hear the phrase, uh, uh, testing turning into a testimony. So whenever you face discouragement, guys, whether it's today, tomorrow, or sometime in the future, let me encourage you to take time, especially if you're going through it right now, to ask yourself these three questions. Number one, what is good about this situation? Find out what's good. Allow your, your subconscious mind to go search for what is good about this? Because if you ask the wrong questions, you get the wrong answers. If you ask better questions, this is how you refocus your mind through asking better questions. So ask yourself, what is good about the situation that I'm going through? I know it's hard to find good in some of the setbacks that we face, but there is something to be said about some or something good in everything that we go through. So find that answer. Number two, what is the wise, calculated response to this situation? Don't, don't just be a reactor. Don't just react because you feel something. Take time to process. Take time to get the information you need, the facts that you need, and make a wise, calculated response to the situation that you're going through. It's important. So you ask the first question, what is good about this? Now make a wise, calculated response to the situation. Number three, ask yourself this question, who can help me see the good in this situation? It's easy to tell your story, to wallow in self-pity and, and make people feel sorry for you and what you're going through. But you know what's more effective? Finding somebody that you say, can you help me see what's good in this? Can you help me get my focus on the right thing rather than the wrong thing? Can you help me to see the possibility and the opportunity in this rather than my life is over and I don't know what I'm going to do? Fellas, this honestly was probably my favorite episode so far. And I hope you've enjoyed your time today. I hope it uh, was able to give you a tool to use in your daily life. And I'd really encourage you when you have a chance to listen to this again and again. It's why I only do these about 20 minutes long so that you have the ability to press play one more time without feeling like, man, that's going to take me forever. Anyways, I hope that you do uh, register for the workshop, Developing a Winning Mindset. That takes place October 20th at 7 p.m. Central. It will be online, uh, so you can uh, PM me for some details. And also, I just want to say, have a great day. And please subscribe and share my content with other men. Let's, let's start a movement. Let's get men around listening to this kind of good, inspirational content. Let's help men become better men. I'm grateful for all of you. This is Justin Kane signing out. God bless. Bye-bye.